Welcome to the Billingshurst Family Church Podcast. For more information or to support our work in Billingshurst and the surrounding areas, please visit billingshurstfamily.church. Right, who's in Livewise here? Hands up. Right, I want you down front. Let's go. Who's in Bright Sparks? If you can remember, you're in Bright Sparks. You're welcome to come down the front as well, guys. I have got some really important work for you guys to do this morning as part of our service to help everyone get engaged and for everyone to feel like we're all part of one church in this place. Okay, so I've got some jobs. Nick, can you grab those uh, rings for me? Things to be rings. I have pens. So we are going to make... No, we're not going to make a painting. We're going to make a giant paper chain, okay? And the key thing is, I need this paper chain to be as long as possible, okay? So up on the screen, in a moment, will be some verses that I want you to write on the paper chains, okay? You can write on the paper chains, uh, and you can decorate them as you want to, um, but write them out, and then come and find Nick, who's going to make them into a long paper chain for you, okay? Have you all got that? No? <laughs> The other thing we've got is for our younger people as well, is I've got a whole load of stickers. We can decorate our cups as well. All right, so for Emily and Levi and people. Cheers, mate. Julian didn't lie when I, he said I was going to cause some havoc. Sorry? The, the, the verse should be up here in a moment when Craig manages to get it up. Um, but the verses will be up here that you can write down for me. Um, hopefully you're right, Craig. Um, so yeah, there's going to be some verses up. But I'm sure there's some adults who want to get involved as well. Please don't feel like you have to stay in your seats. This is an all-in service, which means everyone can get involved. Everyone can get engaged. Staples. Don't tell Visha, but I've stolen her stapler. Right. Okay, guys, this is a really important job for you all to do, but I also need you to work efficiently and a little bit quietly, okay, just so that everyone else can hear me as well. Okay, I've got some other jobs for you later, which may or may not involve chocolate, and there may be some sweets at the end if you can keep the noise down, okay? I know it doesn't look good when the lead elder's bribing the children with sweets, but there we are. Time and a place. <laughs> right, who watched rugby yesterday? Me, me. Yeah, I know, it's sad, wasn't it? I'm, I'm aware that we lost. Nice and quiet, guys. I was there, I watched it. Okay, so I really enjoyed watching rugby yesterday. Um, there was a whole bunch of us who gathered around at Peter's house, Peter and Maggie, uh, gathered around their house, and we had breakfast together, had this amazing breakfast, all gathered around the kitchen table, which was great, and then we made our way into the lounge for the big event. Yeah, we gathered together as one, unified, to support our nation and uh, to see us overcome the South Africans, and sadly that didn't happen. I know there are some happy people here. We have some happy people here at the result. Personally, I wasn't so happy. Um, but it was great. I'll tell you what was nice about it, though, was the getting together. Yeah, being as one. We're there, there for one thing. And uh, to see England triumph, and it didn't work out. 
Now, there are some people, when it comes to rugby, there are some people who are like me, okay? There are some people who will sit around all year and have nothing to do with the rugby or the football or whatever team game is out there. But when it's the World Cup, I suddenly come out of the woodwork. Is anyone else like me? Anyone else here like me? Yeah? Yeah, it's just, just the big games, the final perhaps, you come out. And there are others who... Um, who love rugby and they'll watch it all year round, they get involved in the local matches, the national matches and the internationals. Is there anyone here like that who, who follows it lots? No, no one. Okay. <laughs> That's all right then. Um, but my, my barber this week, I went to get my hair cut, and my barber is just like me. Okay? He gets involved in the rugby when it's this time, you know, when, when it's the World Cup or something like that, or the Six Nations, and uh, he enjoys watching it like that. But there's something special, I think, about coming together all as one in support of one thing, to be unified after one thing, even if it's just supporting our nation as they lose. Um, and uh, it, you know, coming together in unity in support of the team who represent us to the world. I think that's quite a special time. Does anyone agree? Yeah? Excellent. Um, so today then... We find ourselves back in our joy series, looking at Philippians, looking at what Jesus offers you. And as a whole church, from the very oldest to the very youngest, um, we're going to think about what unity and humility are, um, and uh, how one leads to the other, and that we need both of them to flourish as a church family and individually, no matter what our age. So I'd like to invite Izzy to come up and do our reading for us. Ju, can you grab the mic for her, please? Izzy was asked very last minute yesterday if she could do a reading for us. So this is from Philippians 2, um, verses 1 to 11. Izzy, can you come over here? Okay. Just face that way. That's great. Thank you. Does your life in Christ give you strength? Does his love comfort you? Do we share together in the spirit? Do you have mercy and kindness? If so, make me very happy by having the same thoughts, sharing the same love and having one mind and purpose. When you do these things, do not let selfishness or pride be your guide. Instead, be humble and give more honour to others than yourselves. Do not be interested in only your own life, but be interested in the lives of others. In your lives, you must think and act like Jesus Christ. Christ himself was like God in everything, but he did not think about being equal with God was something to be used for his own benefit. But he gave up his place with God and made himself nothing. He was born to be a man and became like a servant. And when he was living as a man, he humbled himself and was fully obedient to God, even when that caused death, death on a cross. So God raised him to the highest place. God made his name greater than any other name, so every knee will bow to the name of Jesus. Everyone in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and everyone will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and bring glory to God the Father. Thank you, Izzy. Guys... People down here, you can see now there's verses up on the screen for you to copy out. Okay, so um, just pick some, write them out. Just keep going, keep writing out and decorating as many as you can, okay? Right, we're going to pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the word. We thank you for the Bible. We thank you for the truth that it speaks to us. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the one who has been exalted over all things. And we pray that this morning you'd be lifted up and exalted through what I'm saying, uh, through what we're doing as a whole church, as a unified church, and that, uh, Lord God, you'd use my words this morning to speak to us. Pray you'd help us open our hearts to you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So this is a letter written by Paul, and 
he tells us at the start of this letter that unity in the church is being of one mind and the same mind. And he thinks this is really important. He, he repeats himself. And he thinks it's really important. And he says that the church should have the same love and be in full accord, or as some translations say it, being one in the spirit. Everyone pulling in one direction, in the same direction, uh, trying to achieve the same goal, being one spirit. That, and that goal being that of the Lord Jesus being glorified. There's a theologian called J.A. Motya, and he said that unity belongs to the very essence of Christian life, for it is the way in which Christians display outwardly what the gospel means to them. So our relationships here matter. The way we are with each other matters. For us as a church, a key part of our values is being a church family. We seek to work out unity through being, um, being a family. We look after one another. We love one another. We bring food to one another. We challenge one another. We pick one another up when we fall down. As I said earlier this year, we treat one another as fathers and mothers, brothers and sisters and sons and daughters. All to the goal of seeing Jesus glorified in our church. That we might become more like him and that more people may come to hear and know him for themselves. That in our unity we may proclaim his gospel until the day that he returns. And unity, I think, is a really hard thing for us to get our head around. Um, you know, we, find, we probably all find it easy to focus on my feelings, my needs, what I want, what I want to say or do. And I don't mean that all about me. I know you don't all think about my needs and my feelings, but ourselves, don't we? Yeah, does anyone else find it easy to focus on their own needs and wants and <coughs> what matters to them? Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones points out that people in unity think, what's best for everybody? What about the other person? And as a church family, I think it's so important that we think like this. If we want to see things move forward, it's key. We remember others for the best outcome for the church as a whole. We need humility. First of all, we need humility to come to the cross of Jesus. Because when we come to the cross at the point of Jesus' perfect obedience, we realize how flawed we are in the light of Jesus and all that he did and has done. And it's when we consider Jesus' obedience at the cross that we realize how we aren't perfect, that we don't have all the answers, that we're broken without him. You know, we, we still have leanings, even now towards the self, the me and the I, but it's at the cross that we can realize that we can and still do get things wrong, because to him, we, we pale into nothing. It's at the cross when we kneel and behold the Jesus who died so that despite all our failings and brokenness, we might know God. It's when we're in that place that we truly discover humility. It's when we're in that place that we can honestly look at the others around us and think to ourselves, well, if I'm this broken without Christ, then I'm no better than any person here. It's from that place that we can truly humble ourselves to seek the best for the other person when we realize all that Jesus has freed us from and all that Jesus has freed us to be. You know, one of the things Jesus freed you to be, if you're a believer here today, is to be a part of the local church. Did you know that? He freed you to be part of the local church. He freed you so you could be in fellowship and to be served by and to serve the local church. You look all the way through through Acts, the book of Acts, and you see they went and they planted churches. There were, there were gatherings of believers 
they, they, you know, if you believed, you joined. You, you were involved. You were engaged. You joined that group because you wanted to find out more about this Jesus, more about this God and what he's done for you. Jesus freed you to be part of the local church. As a church, we have, um, we have a listing at Company's House because we are a company limited... Uh, limited company, limited by guarantee, I think it is. And they hold there, and you can view it online, a document that everyone can access um, and look at. It tells everyone why we exist. It tells them that we exist. It tells us that we're there. It tells them that we're there. And likewise, we have a listing at Charities Commission as well to tell everyone that we're a charity and the, the why we're a charity. We have a, a, a website. Thanks, Andy, um, for doing that. We have a Facebook page or an Instagram account. And these two are part of showing the world who, who we are. But none of these things are our identity as a church. None of these things are the things that serve you and the things that you serve. You know, you, you aren't served by or serve BFC PLC. You know, we're not, we're not an organization. Although we exist as an organization, we're not. We're a family. The local church is you and me. We're the local church. You know, the other stuff is there and it's great. It helps us. It facilitates all that we do. But take those things away and we still exist. We are still a church. We're a church family because it's about the people. It's not about the piece of paper. At the heart of the church is Jesus. At the heart of this church is Jesus Christ. And around him is the unity and fellowship of believers, the people of God. The family of faith. And that's why we hold family as such a key value here at this church. Because that's the life that Jesus calls his followers to. In a family, we're humble and seek to build others up, not tear them down. In this family, we consider how Jesus was humble and we seek to be that humble towards one another. Right. How's the paper chain coming, young people? You guys have got loads of bits, but they're not on the chain. Can you go and put them on the chain for me? Thank you. <laughs> You've got some work for John. I've got some work for you guys. It might involve sweets. You're in. Okay. Quiet, guys. I just need to tell the adults what we're doing, okay? So can we keep it down a little bit? Right, adults, if you've had children or you are used to children being around, I don't know about you, but personally, when my kids bring me something like chocolate or if we're going out and my shoes arrive at my feet, there's something humbling about that. You know, they shouldn't be serving me. I'm their parent. You know, I should be serving them. Um, And so what we're going to do is we're going to get our young children, our children, to serve our adults some chocolate. But, 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 but. See, the adults are really happy, aren't they, okay? What if we don't, I don't trust you? I have to trust you. I can't not trust you, can I? You, I tell you what, I tell you what, if you guys do a really good job, okay, deliver these chocolates to all the adults in the church, okay, and make a really long paper chain... I've got some treats for you at the end, if your adults say you can have them. So your job, very quickly, is to take a handful and go and deliver them to as many adults as you can.
Okay. I was at the um, I was at Billingshurst Primary School the other week for harvest. <laughs> there are some happy people out there, some happy faces. Um, I was at Billingshurst Primary School for harvest the other week, and um, I spoke to the children about generosity. And so this is their opportunity, those who are at the primary school, to be generous to us as a church. And as these chocolates come round, amidst the chaos, let us just consider how we feel when we receive these sweets. These young children have come to you guys, not taken it themselves, hopefully, and come to you guys and brought you chocolate as a, as a gift. Yes, excellent. And it's made it all the way to the back, which is good to know. But you might find yourself feeling a bit humbled, the fact that they'd, they would come generously and give these sweets to you. Right. Young people, I need this chain to be longer. Ideally, I'd get it all the way around all the chairs, but I don't know if we're going to manage that. But you, if you guys can crack on and do some more and copy some more of these out for me, that would be great. Um, Oh, thank you. Yes. I got one. Hoorah. Just so you guys know, and you can look longingly, I've got loads of sweets, so I need you all to sit down and make some more, cha make some more chain. Oh, shall I take it? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> okay. So let's get on with our paper chain. Little ones, keep st stickering your cups. Okay, back on to unity then. Thank you. Um, unity isn't not saying the hard stuff. Unity does mean, though, that when we, take, uh, that when we do those things well, that we seek to do those things well from a place that recognises we are a family. We recognise that how we act and speak has an impact. And if we truly are in unity, it means we speak and act in a manner that honours and seeks to protect that unity rather than threaten to damage it. Unity means we do the necessary in the best way. It means we seek to handle difficult things well for the sake of the unity of the church family. Paul calls us to be in, one, in full accord and of one mind. Let us then here at BFC as we build this church family, be of one mind as we serve one another and seek the growth of each other as individuals as well as in growing the corporate family fellowship. You know what? I can't confess to having always got this right. I get it wrong regularly, I'm sure. I'm sure some of you will tell me I get it wrong regularly. Um, but I am so grateful that in this place and in God, there's mercy and forgiveness for when we do get those things wrong. You know, in this church, we seek to truly think of and speak of others better than ourselves. So that as a church, we demonstrate humility to a world that has no true concept of it other than its relation. The world might not know much about humility, but it does know a lot about humiliation. Which is where we try and make someone feel ashamed or foolish by injuring their dignity or their pride. The world gets humiliation. It actually does it quite well. I don't know if you've noticed. But it doesn't get humility. Humiliation is apparent all the time in publicly shaming people, uh, calling into question their ability or their identity. You know, maybe in our frustration at England yesterday, 
We wanted to, you know, slate their playing. They were rubbish. They did this badly. They, they're not capable of anything. Completely doing away with a fantastic victory over the All Blacks last week. Humility is the self-imposed state of looking at others and considering and treating them better than yourself. And that is a completely foreign idea in this world. Yeah, Paul actually gives us a warning about humiliation as opposed to humility. Um, humiliation comes from a place of conceit, of pride, of thinking too highly of yourself, of elevating yourself above others. And that's where the role of the humiliator comes in. We might see that in others, trying to boost ourselves and push everyone else down. Or we might, might see it in ourselves and others. I'm a, I'm a member of a Mini Cooper S owners club on Facebook um, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, it's really great as, as these sorts of things go it's good okay but it's very specific because it has to be the 2002 to 2006 model if you mention that you want to buy the one after 2006 the vultures descend <laughs> all right they, they, they hear this you fool what are you thinking why are you doing it like that what, why would you get that car they're rubbish and it kind of starts there, but it becomes more like, you idiot, you fool, you should be ashamed of your thoughts. And actually, we turn very quickly from, you know, quite happy people next to each other into people attacking one another, calling shame down on one another. We try to humiliate the other people, and that's what we see on, on social media. We hear it in our schools. It's apparent in the workplace. You find it very clearly in the abusive relationship or friendship. And the only solution to conceit and selfish ambition, in reality, is humility. One of taking an attitude is take going from the point of humiliation and changing our mind, becoming one who would be humbled, humbling ourselves, becoming uh, a humble person. Going from focusing on the detriment of others at the attempted benefit of the self and instead on to remembering our own feelings for the benefit, uh, our own failings, sorry, for the benefit and esteeming of others. The route to unity is the route of humility. As Jesus' actions demonstrate and Paul reminds us of in the hymn towards the end of this passage, he's been given the name that is above every name. He is Lord. He is God's and one day he will return. One day every knee, believer and unbeliever, will bow at his presence, at his name, and every person will confess or acknowledge that he is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is the ultimate example of humility. And he humbled himself so that you might know him, you might have a relationship anew with the Father through him. He has dealt with every wrong thought and deed you ever had or have done, whoever will do. Jesus' humble nature meant that he was obedient to the will of his Father, the only person who has ever managed it. Your act of humility today could, could well be to turn to him for the first time, or the first time in a long time, and just to pray. You could pray, God, I know I am broken and unable to save myself. I ask you to forgive me, help me to follow you. I thank you that you went to the cross and died so that we can know you, I thank you you died for me and that you rose again for me. I commit my life to following you and you alone. You could well pray a prayer like that. So.
So, our response then to Jesus' humility. Do take a read of this. It's Philippians 2, 5, 6 to 11. Um, to seek out his humility, see what it's like. But our response to Jesus' humility is to seek to be unified as a church by being humble towards one another, not getting caught up on our pride, but genuinely seeking to grow in unity and relationship across the church. Right. How long's our paper chain, guys? Can I have one end at Nick? Who's still not finished it? Can I have one end at Nick and one end over there, please? Who's going to drag it across the front for me? Be very gentle. I don't want it breaking. That's okay. Do you want to help grab it and pull it across the front? My stage has been taken over. Wow, you've done a really good job. Guys, can you give them a round of applause for their fantastic work? <laughs> Thank you, Nick and John, as well, I guess. We know who the real stars are, and that's this lot. Guys, that is amazing. Look. Hold it up. Look at that. All these verses about unity, about being a church family, are all here. Right, I need... Right, now I need both ends, and I've got the middle. So I need someone over there to take that back that way. Be very careful, okay? This chain and unity in general are very fragile things. We need a big circle, guys. Ben, can you bring me the other end, please? Oh, no. Emily, can I have the other end? And I need another strip. Someone, someone find me another strip. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for your help. Right. So we've got this great big chain. Thank you, mate. Right, and we're going to join it up, okay? Join it up, make it into one big circle. Okay, right, I'm going to staple it. Right, so we see, okay, got this chain, okay, it's one big circle. And as I said earlier, Jesus is at the centre of this church, okay? He's at the centre of this church. He's the reason we gather in this place, right? So, Ben, you can pretend to be Jesus. Are you right in the middle? You're doing a fantastic job. Okay, but this chain is actually quite fragile. You see, if I start moving this way, everyone has to start, everyone has to start moving, because otherwise it's all going to be a bit tense and a bit tight. And the sad thing is, it takes one chain, one link to break and the whole circle comes apart. We lose unity. And it, but fortunately, can you guys pick that one back up for me again? Fortunately, by the grace of God, relationships can be repaired. Unity can be restored. And we can know unity again. So I just think this is a good illustration of the fragility of church unity and the need to pull in one direction. And the thing is, like, when you start pulling, you hold on to it for me, Toby. When you start pulling, it puts strain on everything else, okay? The reality is, to hold the chain together, to hold unity together, it takes effort by all of us. It takes effort by the whole church to hold this circle together. And to keep us focused on Jesus and looking after one another. Does that make sense? Yeah? yeah? Fantastic. Can we give our young people another clap? Because they've done a great job. <laughs> right. 
Uh, if I could ask the band to come back up. Um, can we gather the chain over by Will, please? Let's gather it all together. Look after it. Don't let it break. In a moment, I'm going to pray. And, um, and then we're going to share communion together. Guys, nice and quiet, nice and quiet. Nice and quiet. We're going to share communion together because I think communion does multiple things. It points us to Jesus. It makes us remember what he's done. But as we share of one bread, we're reminded that we are of one body. We come together in this place as one body. We share the same bread. Um, it is gluten-free. Um, Jew, could you, could you do juice for me? Um, so we're going to come up to the front. Um, and um, if you've got kids, feel free to bring them with you uh, to share communion together. Um, and uh, then we'll do that. But we're gonna res- I'm going to pray, and then we'll um, respond in worship and in communion. Guys, I'm going to pray. Keep nice and quiet. Thank you. Lord Jesus, I thank you that we are here because of you. We're not here because we're here to have a good time or a laugh or just to be a, just to be a family. We're instead a family focused on you. We are a family because of you. So many of us in this place wouldn't um, drink in the same pub probably or whatever else. You know, we're only here as one family because of you. And so I pray that we'd remember that, that as we come together, we'd seek to remind ourselves of the need to be unified, the need to be one in this place, to disagree well, to sort stuff out well. Lord God, just help us to do that, I pray. And uh, Lord, just remind us regularly that we're part of this family. We're part of this church that you've called us to. And uh, I pray that you'd help us all to know that's our place, that's our part to play. And that we all have a part to play in this mission that you've given us, Lord, to reach this village, to share your love with those around us. In Jesus' name, amen. So Rachel and the band are going to play a song. Uh, As you feel able, please come. Take the glass, take the bread, have a and share communion. And just remember that it's Jesus who has brought us all together to this place. Um, And it's him that we glorify as we, we take communion together.